Welcome to another episode of The Preacher and the Professor. I'm Donna Petter. And I'm Tom Petter. And today we thought we would talk about the church and think through what the church is and why it's important for us to actually think about this topic. Last week, I was directed to a CBN News report, um, and it's from George Barna. And George Barna gives great statistics on, on the state of things. And in this particular news brief, it was called this, U.S. Evangelicals in Freefall, Fewer Except Core Christian Beliefs. I was stunned to hear, Tom, the... the the uh, statement, there's a decline in core beliefs and attendance in church. And basically what, what was said by the George Barner group is that theological distinctives in the church are being lost. Of course, this is not new to us. We, we understand that. But this has been a steady slide and skid for the past 25 years. And one of the big things that was mentioned and kind of how I'm also interpreting the facts is that there has been conf biblical confusion and resistance within the evangelical camp. And so therefore core beliefs and church attendance are, are all at an all time low and people are not embracing biblical, biblical concepts in order to really address cultural issues. And therefore we have a problem based on these statistics from George Barna. And it, actually, he even says this, something which was mind-boggling to me is that 55% of people who, are even, who claim to be evangelicals uh, only believe that they're born sinners. So I'm bringing up these stats for a reason, because we're talking today about the church. What is the church? Hmm. What is the church? And Paul tells us, what the church is in First Timothy. So, Donna, you want to read it? I will. It's First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. So let's unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, I think the, uh, the imagery here in First Timothy is the pillar is also the same word for a column. So you think about um, a columned building like a temple in the ancient world or the Supreme Court uh, building in Washington. Uh, that's a columned building. And pillar, column, same word. And then the the buttress, the bulwark, that's the, the base, the base where all these columns are lined up. So... You can't have the columns without a strong base. So that's the imagery. It's, a, it's, a, it's an architectural imagery. And it's a temple imagery. And it's, it's the, the, the buttress, the foundation, and the columns, the, the pillars of the truth. And so what is the church? Well, very simply put, it is basically on display for all to see. And the, Im the building imagery there is, I think, what Paul has in mind because he's being in, Ephes in Ephesus. The temple to Artemis was supported by 127 columns. And so in terms of the religious fervor of the day, people were looking to the temple of Artemis for truth. And so as the temple of Artemis was displaying religious truth, Paul is saying that the church is also on display just like the temple of Artemis. And I guess the question is for us is what is 
being displayed by the church. Yeah. I, that I, is critical. And, and it's interesting because if you carry on in chapter 4, 1 Timothy talks about in later times, many will depart from the faith and the language of departing is apostasy, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fancy word to say. People were in the faith at some point and then they depart from the faith, which is all over the Old Testament, this sort of the time the judges, everybody does what is right in their own eyes, the apostasy of the time. And and what Barna and others have chronicled, actually, it's not just not Barna. Just, yeah, sure. I think about one of our mentors, David Wells, mm. uh, who wrote... Uh, no Place for Truth, yes, uh, 30 years book. ago, 1993. Uh, whatever happened to evangelical theology? And I remember when he came out of this book, he said literally, I'm bracing myself for criticism for that. And it came in large uh, amount. And boy, was he prophetic and true. Because today, when you think about only about half half of the survey believe in original sin, which is, you know, a foundational tenet of orthodox theology, uh, you know you've got a lot of people who have departed from absolutes. And Mm. that's uh, the postmodern world. It's, uh, there are no, the only absolute is that there are no absolutes. And and the church is is not displaying the truth right now. Right, Donna? Oh, I... I, I couldn't agree more because if we define church as Paul is defining it here, it's clearly not a building. I mean, God builds the church. He erects it. It's his household. And those that you know confess Jesus as Lord who have been empowered by the Spirit then are gathered together as family members. We're, in, we're, we're assembling together because we have common beliefs and common truths. And so we have a huge responsibility as a gathered people of God, whether it's locally here in New England or wherever the gathered people of God are, we have a responsibility to display the truth and to support the truth. And it's scary to me, Tom, yeah, because preachers so, and professors are failing. Yeah, they're failing. I mean, if, if you have these kinds of numbers coming in, that there's a, a systemic failure here. But when he says we suppose, we're supposed to display the truth, does it mean that we're mean? And how, how do we that's display right. this truth? Well, and that, that's such a, it's, it's exactly, that's what a great question. What kind of question. tone of voice right. do we have? What kind of uh, attitude do we have when well, we display the truth? Well, gentle and respectful because we want to be winsome and we want to win people over and we don't want to be aggressive and, and, and hurt them with the truth. It's truth and love and they go together. Yeah. You can't be all loving without truth, and you can't be truthful without being loving. They go together. And we're not helping people by doing one versus the other, are we? Yeah. No, not, we're not. not. But, but in this age, I think the age of non-absolutes, there are mm. uh, endless conversations. Everybody wants to have conversation after conversation on topics, and that's very good to do that. But there are conclusions to conversations, and it ends with the absolute truth okay. of Jesus Christ. And, and I think in this age, the, the sin of the age is mm-hmm. endless conversations, mm-hmm. and you can never Arrive kind of it. land that airplane, right? It keeps circling, and you can never draw conclusions that are absolute. Because if you do that, how are you labeled? Your label is intolerant. Unloving, bigoted, all these labels that are plast, uh, 
pasted on you because you believe in the absolutes of the resurrection, the absolute of the death of Jesus on the cross. And, and life is filled with absolutes. When you go to a funeral, when you go mm -hmm. to, uh, when you get a diagnostic, a diagnosis is, that is terrible for your health, these are absolute truths. And, and so the world is, is created and founded on absolute principles and, and the gospel is anchored in absolutes. And, and I think for the sake of, you know, I don't know why, but the church is not displaying this truth right now. And, and Paul talks about people swerving away from the truth. It's, and, it's fear. Yeah. It's, it's fear of this whole piece of you know, not being loving. I think that's the greatest thing. So we have to just be aware of that. So the world needs really the absolute truth of the gospel. And so how the, what's the answer? What's the answer to the church displaying the truth and supporting the truth? Well, we have to expose ourselves to the Bible to, to retrieve the truth. That's the storehouse of truth. So if we don't have our noses in the Bible and getting understanding from the Bible, then uh, we don't have the answer, I guess I would like to say. Yeah, and then it goes back to a theme of this podcast, which is to, to have a biblical worldview, which doesn't mean you... You, you become a legalistic, literalistic, wooden interpreter of the scripture. The scripture is, is, encompasses lots of different genres, and some you have to take at its words, don't complain and murmur, yeah, but then when you have poetic language like in Revelation and other places, or even in this text where the imagery is a bunch of Greek columns, and their foundations, but that's an image. It's a metaphor for the family of God. So right. we, right. we have to be able to handle the word accurately that's too. Right. Exactly. And, and, and so this commitment to absolutes and the truth of God's word is, is, is framed with a proper interpretation of the scripture. And so the, you know, we, we want to know for being intellectually and theologically and spiritually loyal. Uh, to a person that we have entered into a relationship with, and that's Jesus. So what's uh, the encouragement in all of this when you have so many people mm. who walk away from the absolutes in the postmodern age that we're in, where you don't, uh, to have absolute ideas is unnerving for people. What, what do you do? Well, you, you keep the words with patient endurance. That's the message to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3, verse 10. And this is the promise. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. And here it comes, verse 12. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple mm -hmm. of my God. And, and so we, we're displaying the truth today, and we keep the word with patient endurance in the hope that Jesus is coming soon, and he is coming soon. And in the promise in the age to come is that we will be a pillar, figuratively mm. speaking, in the temple of my God, Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, who comes down from my God out of heaven 
and my own new name. That's beautiful imagery, isn't it? It's uh, powerful, and it, it just gives us courage to stay in the truth, even as the culture and within the church, within the ecclesia, within the body of Christ, the church is swaying away from absolutes. We need to stay true to the word. And there is a promise that just as we are a pillar today, a display to the world, we will be a display in the a, temple. An of, eternal display yeah, of the truth, ongoing. I yeah, mean, this is an amazing yeah. picture. So what we're doing now is just a foretaste yeah. of what's going to be for yeah. eternity. You know, one thing that I think about as a preacher is, yeah, I listen to evaluations. I listen to trusted friends and, and mentors about uh, grow in my ministry. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I'm standing before Jesus. I'm accountable to his words. When I hear people who sway away from absolute truth, and I hear of it, I think I'm not accountable to, yes. to the culture. No, you have to I'm stand accountable God. to Jesus. And I hope that we all have that sense of the fear of God uh, when we make decisions. And then we, what kind of display are we displaying to the world? Because the world is watching and as well. The world is watching us. And how do we display the truth? With gentleness and kindness and patience. And respect. And respect, respect. and civility and love. Because True we're, love. We're True all love. at different phases in our journey. And so that's where respect is critical. People know when they're not being respected for their viewpoints and whatnot. And yeah. so. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is when you have a discussion about the truth, you have a good conversation, a back and forth, respectful viewpoint, viewpoints are exchanged, mm -hmm. but there is a conclusion to the conversation. And if the conversation lands an, in an ambiguous way, then you're not, you're not being a display of the truth. Correct, correct. Even if that no means, what, even if it means right. the person so, she says, I don't agree with this. I think it's too yeah, intolerant. So, or, but you, you just have to let it go. But the theological distinctives, even, even the topic of Satan, a lot of evangelicals don't buy. Sin, they don't buy it. And so born a sinner, we don't buy. And those are the truths of God's word that we have to keep displaying and talking about gently and respectfully in a loving manner. We have to keep bringing those up to the core because that's the truth that we're displaying. And so this is the preacher and the professor signing off with this word of encouragement. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have become acquainted with the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen.